is, is, is Perry uh, is Perry in, in both his meeting and in the... I am. He's at work. This is great. So uh, is everybody amazing. ready? Let's start this show, huh? Let's I'm do literally this getting paid for this shit right now. Record. Let's, let's get oh, going. Oh, fuck, man. Like, I didn't know I was going to have to do that, so... So, so what? Uh, hey, everybody! It's is it worse than three eleven? Do the noise. I feel like I feel like I just have to have it like for you guys. Like, I mean, I feel like there's no reason not to. I got used to you. There it is. I heard it for a second. Uh, so this week, we 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 uh we were thinking maybe we weren't gonna have Perry, Mister Perry Reed here, and he just showed Showing up. Showing up. And it technically is at work. So that's a thing, you know, he might cut out, might jump on and off, but uh, not only do we have Perry unexpectedly, even though normally he's expected to be, be here, he's one well, of the hosts. He's, as I, I said, mean, I'm doing the uh, classic uh, sitcom trope of taking two dates to the same dance, so let's wonderful. do this. This is great. <laughs> uh, we, we also uh, got the wonderful Mr. John Stokes live in studio here with us. <laughs> it's great to be back. Great to be back. Uh, and of course, Robo Slush. Hey, what up? Hi. Hi. Hello. I just work here. You were not on last time I was here, so nice to see you again. Oh, I forgot about that. uh, What did we do? Uh, what was the last time? Rob Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. Rob Rob Slash White Zombie. Did you ever give your opinion on Rob Zombie, Robert? I think I did, yeah. yeah. I think I did last week, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's, That's good. I really uh, like House of a Thousand Corpses. I think that's, that's what it came down that's to. That's right. Like, yeah, the yeah. only <laughs> thing that I really liked. None of us understand that. But anyway, well, unfortunate. It's <laughs> because uh, I'm normcore horror. Okay, Crowder. Just because you're a, a fucking specialist in horror doesn't mean that like us normies can't just fucking enjoy. You know, I a like that one and remake. One. I, I thought that was cool, and I thought um, Devil's Rejects was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I like the, the, the lead track from the. I like the like country track from it. Boom, that's boom, that's kind of boom, boom, boom. All the music and uh, doing reeling in the years, and uh, that's kind of what sold me on uh, <laughs> Devil's Rejects was opening with reeling in the years. <laughs> I don't even like um, what's that band called? Is that um, the fucking Steely uh, Dan that much? But is, I love is that. That, Ste- that, that is Steely Dan, yeah. It's like the f- first album that doesn't really sound like Steely Dan, I guess. Steely Dan I, I went always... to one of my two alma maters, so that's cool. Whoa. Oh, okay. I've just thrown it out there just to be annoying cool. and pretentious. So fuck cool, you guys. Cool is cool is the word you chose to describe that coincidence in life. It's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. just because you don't like Steely Dan doesn't mean it's not cool, fucking guy. Well, yeah, that goes for like everything though. Well, not I mean, like, Keno's cool, cool when you win, cool. you know? Like, if you're gambling, it's cool when you win. Like, Steely Dan just happened to go to my alma mater. I don't fuck you guys. Yeah, all right. That's fine. Wait, all, both of them? Right? Donald. They both went there? Uh, yeah, Fagan I think so. I think that's where they... Becker and Fagan went there? Don, I want to say that, yeah. Donald Fagan uh, beats his wife. No shit. Oh, yeah. son of That's a bitch. Thing. Classic That's... liberals, just hypocrites. <laughs> Fucking Classic... liberals. Should have Classic... been gay. Classic liberals with their dildo-named bands. That fucking... <laughs> Fucking libs, man. Leave it uh, to them. 
so despite what some might think, we're not here to talk about Steely Dan. Uh, we're we are going to talk about something that's not really too far off that path, though. Uh, Canadian wow. superstars, the one, the only, Rush. Yeah, Rush. That's right, Rush. Yeah, get the fucking three piece, super arena prog rock, Canada. High pitch guy with a bass. He's like, and Taurus pedals, and the what? And Taurus pedals. Oh yeah. What what are we're those? Get, oh, we'll get into that, buddy. Oh, that'll we'll be great. To that. that that's good because I gotta <laughs> I gotta be honest with you guys. My patience for this band is fucking nil. I cannot do this shit. This whole fucking like last week of listening to this was um trying for by me by the end I, of this um you're gonna want to buy the taurus pedals yeah <laughs> like you're gonna have you're gonna have getty <laughs> lee. in fact remember i told you you looked like getty lee in the crystal fortress because you had here's, the keyboard and the bass and you just needed the taurus pedals here's the thing i brought about this shit for years you are is, getty lee dude this is you why we've and got keyboards this is why we've got um, john stokes on the show is to bring us some knowledge <laughs> instead of us just uh Going off about this <clears throat> god awful radio. Band I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bust like on Rush Kansas. too. I'm gonna bust on Rush too, but okay. Well, I do, I, mean, I do love Rush and have seen them in concert. And there's a, a lot to talk band. shit on, but yeah, you're you're our expert here. You're our expert. I I do have to say this. Uh, while listening, I got really upset towards the later end of it because uh, a lot of Getty Lee's bass riffs that I had never heard before. I had never listened to any Rush that was made after 1980, who gives a fuck. And uh, a lot of it, I was like, oh, fuck, that sounds like a riff I would play. Fuck. Fucking shit. Like, why do I play bass like Getty Lee in the 90s? Well, every band I've ever talked about on here, or almost every band, at some point in the 90s ended up, or like, you know, around the 90s, early 2000s, ended up sounding the same. Like it sounds like, like there's probably a uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers album that sounds yep. like that, and there's like a, you know, a Crowning Crows album that sounds just like uh, Test for Echo and shit. Yeah, but there's something personally weird happened. Rush just does it throughout their entire career. If you want, they my, cha- like, no, they do. They change like with the different times. Every genre or every time period they're in, it's like, oh totally. yeah, that's exactly of what's kind of going on. And totally. yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I uh, am in this same ballpark with Crowder. I was very like, okay, early on shit's got to be their get like good stuff. And right away I was like, oh, I, I don't think their later career is looking too good after, <laughs> after the first couple albums. What we're so. actually talking about here is, uh, Alex life Lifeson? Is it like Leifson? Lifeson? I think it's Lifeson. Uh, that's the guitar player. He also plays some synthesizers. Getty Lee, the uh, high-pitched singer and uh, uh, bass player that also plays some synthesizers. And Neil Pert, legendary drummer for some reason, that also probably plays some synthesizers. Um, originally, though, there was another guy, John Rutsey. I think that's, that's Couple correct. Other guys. Yeah, there was yeah, a couple other on the on the albums, starting with Led Zeppelin's debut album, the self-titled Rush, uh, 
<laughs> it was it was that guy. It was the other drummer guy, and the and then the the dudes with the guitars. So like the rest of the people, like who gives a fuck? Including all the keyboard players that show up and don't get credit. I don't think there are keyboard players. There are. I mean, maybe after the eighties, but I mean, that's what I mean. I guess I'll jump ahead. My favorite thing about Rush is in the years that I like, which is up to like nineteen eighty two or so, um, particularly like seventy five to to eighty two. Like they never like toured with like another. They they always were a three piece. So when they added keyboards to the music, they had to get the Taurus pedals, which they can you can play bass with your. So he plays bass with his feet while he does the synthesizers. I always thought that was cool, like like Zeppelin, same way, Pantera, same way. Never had like a rhythm guitar player, like you just like the bass would hold it down during the guitar solo, or like they always had to make that shit work with three people. And I don't know if they ever toured with with more than three people. When I saw, them, yeah, I don't know if they did it live. I think, it but was I could see on albums for sure. But I think on the early <laughs> stuff, it's mostly them. But it's also pretty basic too. Oh, you know what I forgot stuff. at the top of the hour here? Uh, the hour, like I call it the hour. Uh, I got this uh, drink. And Stokes, it was your idea that I do a drink at the top of every show. Oh, yeah. It went really yeah. well last time. So this time, well, la- the last one was really bad. I just had a Haritos and some tequila. I was drinking straight out of the bottle like a fucking alcoholic. Uh, this time, I've-, I've got a little bit of rum. With some cranberry juice and triple sec and agave and some lemon juice. And I mixed it together and I'm drinking it. You made a Getty Lee? Is that what we're going to call that a Getty Lee? We'll call that a Getty I thought that's what you, I thought that's what you called it. I don't know. I'm just asking you. I, I didn't know. have a name for it. You know, everybody wants oh, well. people to name cocktails. No, that's but you name the, the cocktail of the drink after someone in the band or a song or something, and then that you sell the recipe book with your own cocktails. It's like the Getty Lee and the, yeah. the, the Adam Durst. And uh, this is a this shit. is a fly by night. Then how about that? the fly by night? Oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, Excellent. It's re- it's really just like basically a Cosmo. <laughs> Man, let's talk about the cover of Fly well, By. It sounds Night. like a Getty Lee. Cosmo sounds What's like a Getty Lee. Like most people really enjoy it. It's an easy drink to drink, and you can get along with it. This, uh, like if you want to address it and be aggressive about it, it's probably because you're a snob. So like, yeah, that sounds like a Getty Lee, my friend. Hell yeah. Sure enough. Who's who's uh, anybody else got a beverage that we can promote? Before I've we... got uh, Shorts Breweries um, uh, Ciders. Star... They're called Star Cut Star... Ciders. Octo Rock. It's, it's got the... um, fermented apples and um, ABV of 6.2 or some shit. There it is. Oh, delicious and it sweet. It's, uh, delicious. Is it worse than 311? Brought to you by Star Cut Ciders Roctopus or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Roctopus is an amazing. I hope they name the next cider that they create Roctopus because that's a good ass name. For I them. hope that that's a um, a song title on our 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 collaborative album, Robert. On 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 Armando Cincinnati's Armando uh, Cincinnati de- debut album, India <laughs> for Everyone. Please don't Com- coming oh, like soon. That. Oh my God! Where in the world is Armando Cincinnati? I don't know. Roctopus is one location. <laughs> That's fine, dude. I would buy that without Hell hearing yeah. it, just based on the name. Like, yeah, I it's gonna be good. Like, it's gonna be good. All right. So, anyways, we got this first fucking uh, Rush album. Fuck Rush. Uh, it's the one that's it's called Rush. It's got the working man. Where they call me to work, man. 
<laughs> Working Man's cool. Otherwise, that album never really <laughs> did much for me. No, it just sounds like like any other band that would open for Led Zeppelin in nineteen seventy. Very like Zeppelin. When was this made? Zeppelin, Cream. There's really like not any rushed, um, distinctly rushed thing about it. Except for the fact that Working Man goes on for like seven minutes. Working Man though is like it's. I think that that's like the hints of the band to come, and I think that yeah, that's I... like it's it's an important moment. And like it does have some energy. It's like they were like they were actually a Cream Led Zeppelin cover band, like admittedly, um, up until that point, or like nearby when they started to like try to like make their moves. And so like Working Man is them sort of developing their style and them being like accessible to a group that maybe is like outside of that. Like he's got that voice, he's got that high pitched squeal, he's got all the things that like you'd expect from a Led Zeppelin cover band. But like Working Man is like a fun song. I don't give a fuck what you think. Working Man's a fun song and like it's it's ubiquitous, right? Like we hear it on radio. Impossibly like you there's no way you haven't heard the song. But like it's actually a fun song. And that fact that it's like a like a working man's anthem is is funny. I mean, they're Canadian, so that's funny. But like, I mean, it, I think that that song is charming, and I like that it's like the beginning of their career and like a build toward it. Whether or not the rest of the album is seriously like, I was like, man, they really love Led Zeppelin. Uh, what's that about? But like this this track is actually like, it's it's a it's a solid seven and a half minute track that like I have listened to seven and a half minutes on a radio station and been like, yeah. You can do that again to me. I don't mind. Absolutely. I don't know. <clears throat> this whole first album was so just, oh, wow. Okay, yeah. That sounds, you could put on any prog rock station or whatever and <laughs> not be paying attention and it just bleeds into everything. Yeah, it's uh, and it's not that it's like bad. No, like there's skill. Like I get all of that, but like it just, just doesn't grab that like, fuck yeah like and again maybe some of this comes to time frames maybe you know when this was coming out maybe that kind of thing but i mean i i i've had bands that uh were way older than i myself and still was like holy shit so sometimes yeah (laughs) i i feel like if i was making like a random playlist of uh early 70s or late 60s hard rock bands that i could throw one of these songs on there and not be upset about the inclusion but there's nothing there isn't anything here other than working man that really is, stands out as a as a piece as a song and in and of itself um how do you guys feel about big blue owls it's like Dude, i was gonna say that i've always been really mystified by that cover choice like i don't think they did drugs maybe because like, it almost seems like it's supposed to be a tough owl, you know? Something yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks it. angry and he flies by night. I like it. I like, I'm not going to lie that that, like, out of their album covers, I mean, they make a lot of suspect choices over oh, the yeah. years. Mm-hmm. But this one is actually like, oh, this one's like in like the middle of the 70s being like, oh, man, look at this blue owl. Like, I mean, it's tough. It, and like and like it's creative in a certain space but like dude at some point there's a picture of a man standing on the hemispheres of the brain like come on 
This is actually that. like one that. of their better album uh, covers. Sure. I don't know why we're arguing or discussing this one at it's all. This of... one's just like, oh yeah, you like Gerald Token? Like, cool. It's like sketchwork, paperwork, dark blue shit. Like, cool owls. Well, I mean, fly well, by know, night. That, that even this... goes with the whole Rivendale track where it's it like, looks oh. like f- <laughs> you guys doing the a Bilbo Baggins cartoon. Yeah, it could be out of that. Which is legit, and I mean, come on, you guys, the music off, that's a fucking amazing, the cartoon's amazing, it's under Rush an hour is, and a half. Yeah, Rush is totally a dork, like, like um, Lord of the Rings type, like, when I saw Rush, I saw a dude sitting cross-legged on the back of a truck, reading a fucking computer manual, I'm not even joking, there was maybe, like, four <laughs> people brought their girlfriends, it was all dudes. It was hardly we were like the only ones even smoking pot really in the area we were. I mean, it was God, just it sounds like fucking dorks and nerds. Oh, dude, it was it rocks so hard. I was we were very close to. It. I sat. It was right in front of Alex's side. And Getty looks so fucking ugly when they do the close-ups of him. You know, shouting. I mean, it's it's a lot to take, man. Right by that big screen, and we ate some pot brownies on the way. It was kind of horrifying. I mean, he looked he looked fucking. And this was like. A long time ago now. It was their 30th anniversary. That was like 2003. So, But it's a dorky-ass band, man. It's I mean, a dorky-ass cool band. nothing cool about Rush. I, I think Fly By Night is where the most... Where it's like, we're not even going to try and hide it behind anything. We are just fucking dorks. <laughs> even the riff, man. It's like... Uh, this album kind of rocked and... a little bit harder than, than some of the other earlier ones for me. Like the riffage. I was like, oh, okay. And if... Uh, better band was playing that with a better fucking like tone to their guitar and like modernize like slow it down a little like there's some like almost metal riffs that happen with the guitar work like it's you know it's a little bit heavier uh by and the snow dogs <laughs> that one's it's, uh... a, it's like a four it's a it's a four-part song, and one of the parts has four parts to it in itself. Some know, of the like, vocal on that is a little. They do that like, too often. Ooh. Yeah, that's a little much, man. They do that too often, though. Like where it's like, okay, this song is even broken down even further, and you're like, okay, I get it, I get it. I I can't believe that it follows. Like, I guess that's the end of side one, and back when you were doing LPs. But if you're just listening to it straight through, the next thing that shows up is "Fly By Night," and you're like, oh, it's the radio song after the eight minute long epic about fucking wizards and shit i don't even know what bitor <laughs> and the snow dog is about yeah because to- on the record you know the run outside is like the shittier sounding parts you're gonna put your epic song that only like half the people are gonna listen to at the end and then your radio song's got to start aside because that's gonna sound the best that makes yep. sense yeah, it does. Uh, it's also they're they're pro- they are a prog rock band like and like we I mean we over, we've already done Genesis. Genesis by 1975-1976 was like already sort of like fading away and like the way that they were discussing their like fantasy themes and like Peter Gabriel was already like out of the band. Like Rush is like at the end of like the prog rock phase, right? And that's like, they really Rock's- pick it up in 75 cuz their early stuff, I mean it's it's just hinting like the prog like building up like through 2112. It's still very rock too, you know. It's not like compared to like Hemispheres and uh, Farewell to Kings and shit, which gets super proggy. Well, well no, think... but sure, but they're still releasing seven and a half minute songs, Definitely. which is like it's like progressively not... proggier. 
Yeah, but I mean, like, they, but, like they're influenced by bands like Genesis at this point. Like, Genesis is, like, totally. breaking up in 1975 when they first started. And this is 1976. My point being here is that, like, oh, that's these... 1974 or 75, Fly By Night. Fly By Night 75? Fly By Night 75? I thought it was 76. 76 is 2012. Oh, okay. 2112. All right. Well, either way, mid-70s, <laughs> like, I mean, like, a band that we have covered, Genesis was nearly breaking up by that point like they'd right. been around since the fucking mm-hmm. 60s and they were doing this very particular music which is about fantasy which is about like this overly intense intense and sort of snobby music it, i mean like it's like early math rock almost like it's it's like fuckery in a way you know and like rush is like doing it like but also and the lyrics are super literary and like yeah referencing ayn rand and tolkien oh, and shit which which God. back then was like esoteric Ayn Rand, thank God. Well, that's Rush. where that's where the Rivendell track. I was like, oh my God, because by then, you know, with the first album, it was already like, we get it, Led Zeppelin, okay, you like Led Zeppelin. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, I hear Rivendell, and I'm like, oh fuck, man, really, we're going down Tolkien path now, and I'm like, please, <laughs> like the Zeppelin, please the don't be it's about Rivendell in lord of the rings and then all of a sudden there's multiple references and i was just like okay we get it man we get it they did they did ramble on and fucking misty mountains and now that that that's where we're at here now and i even had to make sure like time frame wise that those were prior and of course it was so it's like uh it's just it I, i don't it just doesn't come off that great either like if i want to listen to some fucking shit about that i'm gonna put on some uriah heap or some or like you know there's other bands i would go to i love lord of the rings and if it was like well and don't get me wrong like i'm iffy on led zeppelin but like if it was well done and tasteful and even back then when it's more based on the novels than the fucking movies i'm all for it you know but like it was just i didn't did not like rivendale it was slow, and the lyrics were just... I I feel uh, like a lot of this relates back. Like, the first album, they were, like, trying to do the sort of blues-influenced hard rock band that was, uh, like, good a thing for a three-piece to do. What else are you going to fucking play as a fucking three-piece in 1973 with guitars and shit, you know? Like, that's the sound that you get. That's what comes out of those things. And uh, then this next album, it was like, Let's add some more prog rock element and some more of that. Like, what does prog rock do? They do this fantasy thing. They do. Let's let's do a couple of those songs. Let's put them in there. And uh, I I don't know the, the mixed results. Mixed results, but I I do appreciate it for its progress at least. And this is one of the this is the album where it's like, oh man, are they singing about fucking wizards and shit? Whereas the next couple, you're like, well, this wizard seems like he's in the future, so it's different. Uh, uh, uh. You know? Uh, the next album after Fly By Night, Caress of Steel, was apparently uh. a failure. I don't quite... This is where... You don't they, like a song about They were listening Day? to King Crimson or some shit with that one. Yeah, this is the one where they were like, guess what? It is prog rock. It's, it's got some cool shit rock. though. It's That's the a weird last two album. tracks. Like there's I no enjoy- songs that stand out, but it's kind of like I can vibe out to that one. It's got well, some good jam. Fucking but... Fountain of Maneth is just fucking super. What's long. the really long one? Yeah, yeah. It's the twenty it's like minutes. The, 20 the first minutes. long one that's instrumental. Oh, the Necromancer. Yeah, that that's the one I really. That like. was not bad. That kind of rocks. 
both of those songs kind of rock just in their scale and the fact that you can finally be like the like when you think of prog rock band you don't necessarily those first two rush albums just because there's each of them have a long one long-ish song on it it's not the same as this where one whole side an entire side of the record is dedicated to this 20 long minute track 20 minute long track and uh, that's that's like pushing the door open and being like we're fucking done trying to hold to the fucking record company standard we are a prog rock band you know and all their albums are kind of like that after that up until the 80s yeah exactly like they they put their which it's funny that that one was such a commercial failure they got to keep doing like they even like push it farther isn't 2112 a double or is that a single album? Is, is it, it the double? live one that's a double? I think it might 20... be a single. I, th- I think I'm thinking of the live. I know. 2112 starts off with a 20-minute track. I think it might be a double. Okay. But but in any case, that. they got to pursue like an even more like esoteric theme album with long songs after totally blowing it with Caress of Steel. And then 2112, I think, was like... I don't know if it was like huge on the radio, but I, you know that was like their breakthrough album, I think, kind of. Right, right, right. I I think also it doesn't help that Caress of Steel um, had three radio-length songs that it starts with, and they were all not great. They're just subpar Rush songs. Like there's yeah, a couple. Yeah. That sure. was, I, I think, think I'm, I'm going bald is one of the funniest fucking tracks. It's, I, it's like <laughs> supposedly they wrote it's that the song. That almost cut my hair. Uh, that all I they they supposedly wrote it after touring with Kiss. And it was uh, partially based on also also based on the I I think I'm going blind, by Kiss. Oh okay, yeah. This Which... song stood out as like cringe, like it like as like a modern <laughs> viewer like listening to it, I was like, is this guy seriously like in the third album complaining about like not being like like his sexual appeal? And it's just like he like like Getty Lee writes like an eight-year-old like the, the way that he writes lyrics is so childish i, I think it's, it's actually alex the, go- the guitar player that writes most of the lyrics well neil pert like writes all the lyrics for like <laughs> at least 2112 on but i oh. don't know when he started writing the lyrics but okay. like for all the other albums he writes all the lyrics okay the well drummer. if but i don't know about the writing stuff. the lyrics writes lyrics like i would expect from the best eighth grader in their fucking ninth grade class. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I this is like, it's so cheesy and weird. And it's like, are you, why are you talking about balding? And like, it's like sexual, but it's like, it's like in the way that like someone that's never had sex has had sex. Like he's like, I'm going to drag because of my balding. It's just a weird moment. Like that, that song stood out like lyrically. Well, Neil is the only bald one, I think, right? I think the other guys have their hair. Yeah. We gotta look up who wrote the lyrics for that one. I just assume none of them were bald at that point in 1975. Probably not at that point, no, because yeah, they all have like a pretty full mane and uh, the 2012 album jacket with their. Someone was imagining being bald. It felt like someone was telling me a story about a bald person they thought they met like along the way during their like three album stint. The uh, the credits on all of Caress of Steel are just uh, given to all three members. There's mm-hmm. no, yeah, there's no, no separating. one to cop to that one. On twenty one twelve though, the uh, there is a section where I'm, I'm guessing that Neil Pert say all lyrics lyrics written by Neil Pert except for two songs. 
So that but must the, be where he starts writing the lyrics, like, yeah. officially. Right. But I that think... That makes I, sense, because it's I all consistent, I, like, lyrically after that album, where it's not I, before. I read on some later ones that I think that they collaborate a little bit more, like, towards the 90s. Oh, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I literally, I, like, totally... Uh, you know signals is even kind of pushing it but i like it all right but after that i sure. totally drop out of rush Twenty One Twelve is the only album i've ever really almost liked almost that, that was cool. i really like a more starting right after that one it's like what my favorite shit is but Twenty One Twelve. i mean i Overture's thought that was dope dude the, 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 the fucking when i was a kid yeah i, I thought it was rush for a long time okay all right. Yeah, I mean, look at that picture and the jacket they're wearing. Their, yeah. Look at their tights and their their like elf suits or whatever. I remember finding that record what? like on Family Vic. What? Look it up. Look up the twenty one twelve inner cover. Y'all got to look at oh, this. Oh, the inner. I was going to say that. Everybody at home listening. Not the not the front. The inner cover. Yeah, yeah, the band okay. shot. They're all in like these tights and there's smoke and it's like this. I guess was supposed to look cool to somebody. And oh, I was dogging Lord. on it, and my it uncle looks like was a like, disco no, album. we used to, like, oh, smoke pot God. and, like, listen to this album, and it was we thought that was the coolest shit ever. But, yeah. Well, I, 2112 I mean, I is why I chose this band, basically, <clears throat> for this. That's, is like, the album people that's know. the album, supposedly, you know. Well, that and coupled with, I think, that they're, um, like, each member is supposed to be, like, top and whatever like uh, user voted charts in their respective instruments or whatnot but like just based on like album rankings and everything this one's always like super high up there and i was like oh yeah i've never like really dove in to 2112 other than maybe a pass or two and it wasn't bad but it was just a fucking prog rock album <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah i like it but it's yeah it's like not, it, uh, you know, it it's was, like fifth or sixth on my list of favorite Rush albums. It was very just like okay, so all right, so the first track is like the the entire thing, and then you're like the other stuff throughout the album. You're, you, I get it, but like, it's still just fucking seventies cheese, man. <laughs> That's the only thing I can describe, like that proggy seventies cheese. It sounds like a lot of other things sounded at the time that, mm-hmm. yeah, that I enjoyed maybe more, maybe not. I don't know. Well, there's gotta, time, I'm sure. The fucking first size dope, though, Overture. And what is this about? It's like, is this fucking oh, uh, Joe's Garage? Story. Yeah, it's basically Joe's Garage. It's in the future, and music's yeah. like illegal. And, yeah, and, and then, then Homeboy the finds guitar. a guitar. Just one But, guitar. like, apparently knows what Just the guitar guitar. does. Like, the strings <laughs> vibrate and make music, and you're like, whoa, 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 dude, isn't music outlawed? How do you know what music is? Because he's a jukebox hero. Because <laughs> Rush is basically Foreigner or whatever band <laughs> played that Boston song. Boston and goddamn whatever. <laughs> so, Robert keeps saying that uh, Rush has one song, and... Uh, and like it just changes a little bit, like or they just play it over and over again, but with different fucking modernized uh, guitar tones, basically. I think is what you were getting at when you're saying that, right, Robert? I the mean, there's there, oh, there to me, yeah. There's a lot of that. There's uh, a, it... what what I think is here's the thing is Getty Lee. What what I think makes makes us makes you think that, and I kind of think that too to some degree, 
Uh, Getty Lee has a way of playing bass in these songs that are like based off of prog rock blues, but he, his, he does a, a little bit more of like a punk rhythm thing. Uh, where a lot of times he'll just like and then like a fill within that somewhere, you know, but he's doing like quarter notes or like just strumming on like one note for a couple of times rhythmically. And I don't think that that happens. I think that that's more his style and that that's why all of a sudden when you hear them trying to do like a prog rock song and he's doing that type of like almost punk rock bass playing that's still influenced by prog. It it kind of homogenizes the whole thing, and it does it does a good thing to some degree. It's a it's a sonic brand, but the know, bass the always they... has to be like high up in the track and stuff, even mm-hmm. if it's not like maybe always appropriate for the song. Because I can right. think about that. But I kind of right. like that like awkwardness of like sometimes the bass being way too loud, and then the guitar is <laughs> all chorus, so you can't even really hear what that's doing, <laughs> and it's just a. And then there's no rhythm, so I, I kind of like that about it. I mean, there's like it's a just it's just a, like a boring a rhythm. Way. Like Neil Peart's boring as fuck. <laughs> that guy, like he's, he's on time. He's like a machine. He's like a machine. It is. Oh, he's got some sick riffs, man. He's got there's some there's some good fills. He's got some rolls. It's I think it's never when I would expect it or what you know what I mean. And not being unexpected is great, but when it's this, it's like. It sounds like a fucking like marching band almost. Like it sounds like he's reading sheet music, you know, when he plays. And it just gets boring. Like so proficient I don't like it. I would take almost. I would take the drummer over everyone else in this band. Like I'm not going to lie. Like the thing through the whole thing. <laughs> the, I, P- I, Perry, I th- who are you talking to? <laughs> I, I think I think the drum I That's think the great. drums are to. one of the better uh, parts of this band. I I mean like I enjoy what Neil Peart's doing, um, like in general. But like to me, like the guitar and the bass, like they there's this there's this very hold, particular. Hold on, hold on a second though, real quick. I'm sorry, I gotta mark the mic so that I know at what point in Perry's recording uh, he's actually <laughs> talking. Okay, I did it. I hit my mic. I, there's going to be like a tap, tap, tap. All right, go. There, there, there's there's a very particular, like, uh, they, they do, like, um, we're going to start the song off with uh, some, some guitar work here. I'm going to sing at you. We're going to slow it down. We're going to do some solo stuff. Then we're going to slow it way the fuck down. And like, and we slow it down, and and everyone like, and, and, and you like feel the moment. It's like anthemic, and then we're gonna like let the drums and the and and the solo happen. Like the I don't I I don't notice the bass that much, honestly. Like a guitarist and the drummer are the are the fucking meat of this band. But then they like move back into like uh, whiny lead singer singing songs, high pitched squealing in a seven and a half minute prog rock song. Like every fucking song goes that way. Like. It's really fast, little shouty, some choral lines. Feel like a bridge, but it's not a bridge. It's just like a too long solo fucking moment, and then they go back into the same shit. And I'm just like, man, dude, you guys did this for like how many years? Like we're on album three. Like it, it feels good at this album, but it starts to feel real tired the next three, four, five albums after this. It's like, ah, you is this how, how you guys write songs? This is just how you write songs in the major key. 
And it's like, it has to be fast, and it has to be slow, and it has to do some sort of funky, punchy, anthemic moment, and then we're going to jump back in, and then he's going to say something about fucking Bilbo Baggins. Like, I come on, guys. Like, I don't know. It's frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating, like, as a moment over album after album, you know? And, like, I feel like the first eight or nine <laughs> albums are like that, and that's it, it, it wears me down. But I do like this music. Like, I honestly don't dislike Rush. I do really like this moment in Rush's career. I think that it's interesting, but like I just I I wish I had listened to these albums a year apart like someone else would have when it was released <laughs> cuz it's like this shit sounds so similar every fucking album and I want to just, you know, throttle myself, but like one of these albums is really good. One of them. I don't know which one anymore because they all sound the fucking same, but well 2112 is also where we start getting um, keyboards thrown in, synthesizers that are getting used. And then we go into the era that this is this is what Stokes has been waiting for, because he told me he was just going to talk about how he loved these albums. Uh, that was, that was what, like... That's, those are the ones I listened to. That was the plan, as uh, we are at Fair, A Farewell to Kings, 1977, um, which... I, I do think that the production gets a little bit better. Um, I think maybe it was a good idea for them to uh, lay back on the 20 minute long songs <laughs> on this. Uh, just, you know, they did they 10 minutes. Did, I guess those just have like one like epic one instead of like mostly right epic ones. And then no, there's not much epic ones in the next in the two after which actually are my favorite two to listen to and they have the most radio songs but it it gets to be more radio centered that's what rush is though it's like not a band you know it's like a band i listen to it's like there's no other band that sounds like rush that i really especially the radio stuff that i would like for whatever reason i like rush but almost every other band that sounds like that i can't stand i mean you know i I hate that kind of music Uh, i don't even like steely dan yeah i don't know but uh Multiple times in this listening, like about this era too, is when I started going, ah, fuck, dude, I don't like Kansas. I don't like Toto. You know, like uh, Toto and Kansas stuff comes a little more though after this this period. That's more the '80s type of thing where they start getting like Jefferson. That Starship stuff sound. is like, yeah, man. Well, I think they switched producers too, and that's when they really started getting. They started getting more variety. You know, they probably were saying the same thing. Like, you know, we've done the same album. And then everybody's <laughs> yeah. like, no, we, we want, it's like Slayer fans. Like, we just want the same album over and over again. We just uh, like, just do the shit that we like. Sing up, sing to me about Bilbo Baggins and space future. Yeah. And then they started getting all, I don't know, trying closer to, closer to the, but heart. also, you know, I like closer to the heart for sure. They have iconic shit, singles. Man. They have iconic singles. They're like, like Rush seriously has a range of iconic singles in the way that other bands do not. And like, I do appreciate that about this band. The shit I like is like when the guitar solo happens, there's just like the bass, like going all over the place and stuff instead of like a big, or maybe like a little synthesizer, but not like a bunch of rhythm guitars. Like every other band, just like, I don't know. There's something I like the space in the music, I guess that's like a yes has that too, where they don't have a, or like the early yes albums that I like. There's like enough space between the instruments. They didn't like add any extra shit. There's like enough going on. It's busy enough. So, and then I like the songs on those albums. Where the early albums, like that stuff sounds cool, but like none of the songs I'm really that into. Even on like 2112, like they're cool, but 
<clears throat> it's usually those four, like Farewell to King's Hemispheres and Permanent Waves and Moving Pictures what that it, I listen to. Is, is it uh, is it Xanadu that does it for you? Xanadu, the... man, for sure. They played that shit when I saw them. Whoa! Shit what? was crazy. I saw they I saw Primus her. do this album. I should say that uh, last year, and uh, <laughs> that fucking rocked, man. I mean, that's they, gonna come into play. They later even had the guitar. Like Les had the bass. He had like the Rickenbacker, and then they had like the guitars, like the white, like three thirty five, and the twelve string, and like they did the whole album. Who was it fucking he with? rocked, man? It was so cool. With who? Primus, just Primus. It was Primus. By themselves. Yeah. That's crazy. When? It's just uh, I saw this last year. Oh. Somewhere like around fuck. Detroit. Gross. They're still touring it, I think. What the fuck? I just I I think it's so fucking crazy that Les Claypool loves Getty Lee and Getty Lee loves Les Claypool. I think he studied the album with him for a while to get ready for it. I think they got together. I think I read about that too. But he had the like he even had the Rickenbacker, which was really cool. Like they had all the gear from like that they would have used at that time, which is pretty That's hip. pretty dope. That's pretty dope. And Primus are fucking decent musicians. They could pull it off. They they they, they totally nailed everything, the whole thing. It was I sick, actually man. kind of feel like I would rather hear Primus play this album than Rush. You should check it out. You, yeah, I think I think a lot of people might. I mean, Getty Lee's like, I mean, again, I hated Rush for so what? long. We used to like just make fun of them so much. They come on the radio, we'd like turn it up just to make fun of it. And I think my guitar teacher like loaned me some of the CDs. He's like, man, just like listen to the shit going on in this. And then it just kind of got in my head. And just one day, I listened to Tom Sawyer. I was like, I'm not listening to this ironically right now. It's just fucking I, rocks. I just, I just, I can't. I'm still, I'm still baffled right now. Like I'm trying to picture Les Claypool being like, as a, a little bit of a, a little bit of closer to the heart there. You know, like, dude, it's it's closer than you think, man. To get because Getty's kind of just doing this like yowly. He's got a weird voice. Oh, shit, I, I feel like, like if him and uh, Stevie Nicks got together in a field <laughs> and just made noises at each other, a bunch of sheep would show up. They like would a make flock. a fucked up kid. Uh, let's see here. Closer to the heart, yada, yada, yada. Farewell to Kings. It's a guy sitting. This is one of their better album covers, maybe. Uh, going. It's into the best Hemis- album cover. Come on. Okay. Well, on. motion pictures might be. Oh, all right. Also, the uh, going into hemisphere. This is the one with the naked guy. It's the star guy. He's pointing. He's naked. He's pointing at a what looks to be the guy from the suit guy from the Wish You Were Here album across the brain. Um, fucking... Making his second appearance. I thought of yeah. his American Psycho, like about to like. He's like, I serial kill. Like I don't know, like reaching across, but whatever. This this is this this album is serious. like I was listening to this shit just being like I wonder if I should just put on yes instead should I maybe just like listen to Pink Floyd because that's how I felt about it uh, I do love that it has the I don't know how to say this Kig Kignus Cygnus Cygnus X one yeah. book oh, two because yeah, yeah. that's the end of the last album. Yes, so, that was. <laughs> so I want to hear almost, Primus do that next. Is what I'm hoping they'll do. Hemispheres. Just, just keep uh, doing Rush. Stop being a band and just do Rush for a while. Cyg- Cygnus X One Buck Two Hemispheres. Eh? <laughs> Hemispheres. <laughs> Hemispheres. 
Like, oh, that's that's the hook, huh? That's how you're 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 doing that. I get it. Uh, this this is another album where like, like the last one. I wouldn't say Farewell of Kings is like you could put that out there as one of those super obscure, hard to fucking handle. Look at how big this fucking song, this prog rock song is type of album. Like they cut it back, but this one is four songs. It's a yes album. It's an early yes. This album. This is the it. yeah most yeah. prog I think. Uh, I. I kind of dug this one. I was I like uh, out of um this this one twenty one, twelve are the ones that I probably liked the most because they're the most proggy, and I'm easily taken by the gimmickry. Is that a word? Yeah, me it too. It is now. Okay. I can be I can be swayed by uh by gimmickry by yeah, good fills and riffs. Hey, you, you tell me that it's all all the songs relate to one another and they're actually just one song and it has a narrative yeah. across the whole thing. I'm like, well, no breaks. Huh? You put a little more. Yeah, you didn't even stop. Huh? Wow, that's pretty good. And, and you put a lot of thought. You put at least a little more thought into it than like, you know, this is at least a B plus paper instead you should, you of a fucking C minus. Yeah, is there is there is there male nudity? That's tasteful. Okay, that's art. Okay, that's artsy. Okay. This is one of the best album artwork from any time period ever. Like, ironically or unironically, like seriously, no, seriously. Like, I saw this and I was like, oh my god, this is one of their most important albums, and this is the album artwork. Like, all I could think of was just like how much noodling that fucking they're doing in this album, and like how the long form storytelling and this like twenty minute track to open up the album and there's just like a man standing on like a VHS tape of art like pointing into the distance like it's just like it's incredible i this is one of my favorite album art covers ever i just am enamored by it and also i think that this like it signifies rush's career they don't give a fuck they just do and they think they really were, and they j- just continue to do it. And like, this is a beautiful thing. Like, I, I this I, is like a fine period for them. Like, I think this is their, I think this is their pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I love I that the the background too of this cover is just like blue. Like, <laughs> yeah. they, you know, they didn't do there was no nothing cloud there. in the sky, nothing. Right. Just. You got brain hemispheres and ass hemispheres. Yep. <laughs> I had to think the, every the, year, the, like the rush the the font too, the way they like. Yeah. I'll like, like fucking scroll. Oh man. Why is he talking it's to like a British guy? Person. Isn't he Canadian? Like, who's that British dude that he's talking to? You know, like dude, who's the top hat oh, man he's, he's talking to? That's that's the guy from the Pink Floyd album. They were trying the to Kingsman. make. Kingsman. Yep. He's yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah, he's from a. <laughs> We okay, just left. Like, we just we, we just read Dune, and we hate British people. Yeah. So right, here we are, right, naked in Dune's fucking British people, and fuck them immediately. Like I don't know. It's amazing. It's the best album art ever. That totally could be. They had to think every year, like they're still letting us get away with this, huh? We're actually bigger. <laughs> th- okay, we're bigger this year. Really? <laughs> yeah, right. After after and that, still eating this shit up. Like oh, okay. okay, let's keep going. It's I like mean, a, you know producers thing or something. You got to assume, like, after they failed with, like, because, like, what I read said that uh, Fly By Night, the the fucking studios were like, um, the by dogs and the what? Yeah, no, 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 don't do that. And then they did Caress of Steel, and it flopped. And then, like, all in on on twenty one twelve. You got to what's, assume, what, but what's next? Space by that, opera. By that point, though, songs. Like you, you got to assume whoever like was the person that made their contract and was in charge of them as a band 
was probably just just stop telling them. You know, like their their boss was like, "Hey, so this rush band, you gotta tell them, <coughs> you know, no more twenty minute long songs about fucking frost dogs being a soft dog on your lap like the band DAD. Fucking, we don't need that. Uh, tell them and like, <coughs> somebody gave up. Somebody at the record studio minutes. gave up. Yeah, somebody was just like, "Oh, I'm tired of doing that. This is such an yeah. ordeal. I don't get paid enough to do this." So I think maybe they'll do 20 just get minute there songs about not getting pussy doing. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> it seems to sell. Whatever. Hemispheres. From the hemispheres to the suburbs. Uh, they follow that one up going going into 1980. Technical recorded in 1979. Uh, the, the album Permanent Waves. Here we go. Did these people finish any English classes past junior high? <laughs> not saying I did. I'm not trying to judge much, even though it's the whole basis of the show. I, I don't know what that name pertains to. I don't love it. There's a woman on the cover. Wind is blowing from... What appears to be nuclear destruction behind her. Her panties are showing. Just your rabbit style. Yeah. Um, there's like a little sound wave going across the thing. It's all black and white. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this is supposed to be like a more stark album. Yeah. This is like a. <laughs> we're getting into well, the ser- serious stuff. The adult. Well, I mean, they get a ladder. So that that's some deep religious stuff, right? That's heavy. That's what you. That's what you climb when you die. I think it's a dick piercing, isn't it? I thought it was a, a movie. It is a movie. Where, where's, where's where he's dick dead piercing. and shit. It's, who, who is that? Is that Tom Robbins? Tim Robbins. Oh. Tim Robbins. Oh Tim yeah, Robbins, the Tim actor. Robbins. Tom Robbins is the author. Right. Tim Robbins. Yeah. Both are good. Both are really good. I wonder if Tim Robbins has ever done a Tom Robbins <clears throat> movie. Possibly. You guys were talking Actually, about Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, yeah. In that. incredible. It's. It would be. I. I think it's. Uh, is it Tom Robbins? Is that his name? I don't know. Tim. Tim. Actor or author. His Tim. name is Tim. Tim Robert Robbins. And then Tim Robinson is the guy from that one show. I think you what should leave. Show? That uh, I was watching the other day. What show? It's called I Think You Should Leave. It's a comedy show on Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, It's pretty funny. His name's Tim Robinson, just to further confuse the whole Robbins, Tom Robbins, Tim Robbins name. Mm -hmm. David Robinson, so on and so on. We can always remember Tim Tim Robbins because motherfucker was in Shawshank. So you like... Yeah. That's siloed up. That's Tim Robbins. You know what I mean? Tim, Tim, yeah. That's how I... That's that anchor for that that guy. Tom, he's in a Tom, lot of movies for a while. Oh, he's in a shit ton, but Shawshank's that career. anchor for always recognizing him. For oh, it's fucking oh shit, Ch- yeah. oh, Tim Robbins, it's Andy Dufresne. Tom Tom, yep. Tom Robbins writes that um like hippie surrealistic fiction, right? Uh, I mean softly, yeah. yeah I think he's like Tom Wolf and shit. The blues. Yeah. Yeah, only yeah, and the fucking uh, what's the one where Jesus is a fucking mummy? 
And then there's uh, Skinny Legs and All. I don't think those are the same book, but that's no, the no, they're same different novels. Though, yeah. Though. yeah. Yes. Uh, I never read Time Robins, but a lot of my friends did. I know oh. of, yeah. I like some. A lot of, of your it. friends did. Still Life with yeah. Woodpecker, Jitterbug. Still Life perfume. is okay. Yeah. There's there's like interesting uh, like post psychedelic <clears throat> ideas about in those books that are fun. It's he's it's he's a, he writes interestingly. He's and uh, easy to read. He was one of the people I do re- remembering seeing like the the novel like the artwork for the novels are usually like I love it when they keep it cohesive throughout their yeah, work yeah, yeah. and he it does that so just stupid little design shit that's like nice yeah they do that that's probably his publisher just does that for all their books but it's still fucking it's got he's got a very like rectangle border with a color and then like very specific like the artwork all looks There's like, like an image and words people. if yeah, i remember yeah real simplistic so anyways uh that's better than this album maybe permanent <laughs> waves this is the radio album this has Spirit of the Radio. This has Free Will. He will choose Free Will. He chooses it. Because that's what you know, Free Will's about. Well, that's natural science, my friend. You get a choice. Uh, that's, that's the ending of the album. That's, that's the, ten minute long, the one ten-minute long song that they get away with. It's not even quite ten minutes. Uh, I don't know. It was okay. It's fine. This is the point where I couldn't... It was hard for me to pay attention because I was like, Oh, it's the radio song. Oh yeah, and the radio song. I know this radio song. And oh, it gets a, worse from here too. Long one. Any anything worth noting? Yeah, those have to be the biggest waves? two albums, right? What was that? I mean, as far as like, those have to be like their biggest two albums, as far as like singles that are on the radio. Concert. Yeah, Tom Sawyer's on the next motion one. pictures. I was gonna say movie yeah, pictures. Limelight, Tom Sawyer, <laughs> bunch of stuff on those. Y Y Z. Two or three. Can't forget Y Y Z. One of the best ones. Another so, one, Primus plays. So everybody goes off about YYZ. Uh, supposedly, can we just say like, YYZ like Americans? That's what that's, I call it. It's it's YYZ. Well, it's YYZ because they're Canadians and they pull the shit from the British side, so it's yeah, Z well, for Z. You know, people died so we didn't have to say YYZ. Then I'm fucking commies, <laughs> man. Goddamn commies. Neil Peart stands man. alone. I still, uh, I haven't gotten over that one. Fucking, I don't, that, that, <laughs> that song is hailed for its fucking drumming. And other than like a 30 second intro, that's got some like odd time signatures and is like mathematically a little bit complicated. That's that, that is not, that's, that song is just him playing a straightforward fucking rhythm for the most part. I mean, there might be some. Well, it's I, the fills, I think, that most people like. That's know. a weird time signature. For I, yeah, a lot I think of there's there's a polyrhythm happening between the fucking hi hat and when the snare happens, but it's not so like out of the ordinary or uncommon that a, a, a standard well, drummer couldn't just do it. But that's why the Rush is a hit band, and that's why he's a good drummer because he's not just like because he's playing he's playing in a radio you know rock band basically. Like it would be absurd to like. I mean, you saw do too kid. much more than that. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the Neil Peart being the best drummer thing is just a matter of like the best drummer of the bands that people that listen to the radio know of. Sure. 
you know. Sure, yes, yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. He yeah, would, he would say that. Yeah, I mean, there's better. Yeah. There's, it's like, or it's, you know, it's. I mean, not the best analogy, but it's like Jimi Hendrix or something. There's a thousand guitar players that can play more proficiently on YouTube than Jimi Hendrix or something. Well, that's you know, they're but, not going for a clout, there, or or they they didn't have this whole thing where they were around a certain time and then exactly companies. So part of Neil Peart is just grab them, you know. From what people were hearing, like yep. it was the heaviest thing anybody, you know, a lot of people had heard that you get on the radio. But yeah, I mean, I I think it's like, uh, that's, dude, you know, Tom Sawyer cool. sucks. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> I don't like I Tom, Tom Sawyer. Sawyer. It's synthy and just not. I like that song. It doesn't a lot. hit the good notes I'm for me. I'm all about that song. It, Huge. I love. That's what that's what turned me on to Rush. I love cheesy '80s shit. I would parry on this one. I hate that song. I don't. Again, like I it. love that it, the breakdown. Again, where there's no like a break when it breaks down, it's just the bass and guitar solo, and there's no rhythm at all, and there's not even synthesizers. I love that middle jam where it just like goes down to like the flange guitar and the. I love the intro. Seriously, one of my favorite radio songs of all time. As soon as that fucking like synthesized chord with the meow comes in yep. like right i yep. like i'm immediately like i don't know oh no uh-oh <laughs> that shit makes it better man i'm not gonna lie that uh, makes it better I, I the best it. It... the best part of rush is when they start doing synthesizer shit i love the 80s that's my favorite part about uh, rush like in between what i'm supposed to like and whatever the fuck I they do in the 90s the shit, nah dude. son nah well son. yeah well don't get me wrong like I'd rather take this over the '90s shit, but like, I'd rather take "Fly By Night" than anything. Well, see, post. that's why I like the the Feral Through Kings through Signals because it's got all the synth stuff. Like, it needs that element to it too. But uh, then after Signals, they just went too far into like shitty '80s music, and it just doesn't sound. You know, I, they just have songs that I like want to hear again. I feel like this is the album that like. In American Psycho, he would describe as he's like murdering someone is a perfect pop album. <laughs> like seriously, and is also not wrong about. Like it's that's what I feel about this album. I think it's like, oh man, you're a fucking you think that you're better than me or everyone else that listens to music and you hate this album for a reason, but it's actually really well produced. It's incredibly thoughtful and like it's an in-between moment between their incredibly derivative bullshit ass almost led Zeppelin fucking prog rock and they're trying to be 80s and being themselves for just a quick moment and it's a fun fucking song and album and like yeah like everyone's heard this fucking song so we all want to be like scoff at like the popularity of music but like dude Tom Sawyer's like a really well done song and the album is too and that's how I feel about it and then also Jason Bateman fucking murders somebody as I'm saying that and that's how I feel about this album so see I I love cheese shit like I'll, I'll fucking listen to don't stop believing any day but for some reason tom Uh-oh. sawyer does not fucking do that to me i don't know it, why uh rush like, got him it, it it hits those same <laughs> yeah, fucking it, things i get it describing like, that it's it rush should. it's a I lot man like, cool, it's not for like, i don't know i, just, I mean because i used to feel that way too like i i people are just gonna hate rush because this it's a it's i don't a lot, man. hate Rush per se, I I think that Perry. There's... Perry, by the way, you froze real hard and we missed everything you were so saying. So hard. Ah, uh, fuck, that sucks. Yeah, we were just trying. I was trying to fill in there. <laughs> well, at least it's recording locally. So, uh, all I was saying oh, was, shit. hopefully, I don't know where sense. I cut out, but um, yeah, like I don't. I got nothing now. I don't know. 
Lime, the song Limelight makes me feel like I'm listening to Boston. Yeah. I, See, I hate Boston. I love Limelight. I, I don't, like, totally hate Boston, but I don't love it, you know? I'm like, I, uh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate all of it. I hate everything. I fucking hate everything. How about that? There it goes. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> all right, it kind of fucks, but, like, I just can't. I just, it's, it makes me feel like I'm sitting in a... Then the guitar so the band. Band. All the world's indeed a stage and we are merely playing. It really hits you on that last verse, man. Kind of makes me tear up a little bit. Oh, no. When he hits that note. Oh, man. It's pretty beautiful. But I get it, man. I felt that way for a long time, too. You know? I was hoping that for going whatever back reason, to it just it- does it for me. This, this, honestly, this happened to me, uh, not to this extent with the full discography, but like when I was, you know, yeah, whatever, early twenties or whatever, um, fucking shop sister dropped off a bunch of rush on me being like, you don't like rush, listen to rush. And I remember like, you know, back when fucking weed was illegal and like going and trying to find some weed and being like, I'm going to listen to this fucking rush. Fucking me and the homie sat down and like we put on this rush album. I like the girl told me to fucking listen to Rush, you know. I'm gonna fucking listen to her. Fucking she wants me to listen to this. I'll listen to it. All right, cool. And fucking just like I don't even remember what albums it was, but I remember I got not even four songs in before it was just like it's just kind of mediocre and not good, right? Like I'm not into this. That sucks. All right, damn. So I was really hoping that I could find something more I could hold on to. And I suppose I did in Hemisphere and fucking, uh, I don't know, the 2112 is what is what it is. But this, when we get to Signals, it just, the song Before Subdivision pisses me off. Oh, Subdivision See, like is subdiv- so bad. I didn't like Subdivisions until I saw them live play it. And I was like, oh, I get that. So I just like the bum, bum, bum. You know, you know what I do kind of like about it, but it makes me feel gross and weird for some reason. Is the low, the low pitched voice that says subdivisions? Subdivisions, yeah, <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. I think that's what sold me. Subdivisions in the shopping mall. It's like all fuck. Yeah. Oh what yeah. What is that voice going to do to me when we get to the subdivision? Oh, you don't want to know, bro. I don't. But you do. You kind of secretly do. Just so you, you prepare. Oh man, the way that it sub- turns to the minor key in the middle—it's kind of cool, man. Again, it just yeah, there's something weird about it. I just like the way the the chords go in that song, and it's just unusual. Also, do you think? Right, yeah. David what? Lynch, David Lynch, dude, like subdivisions, and it's like like yeah. the dog smelling yeah. the fucking fire hydrant and shit, and it's like, oh man, there's it, there's something wrong with this neighborhood, and it's like. Rush doesn't do a good job of describing anyone's art, you know, even their own. But, like, it's still, like, this moment where it's like, oh, man, you guys are like, ah, oh, fuck the suburbs, sort of. And it's like, Dude, but you don't really just, do okay, that. I just they... play. This, like, it sounds like fucking Jefferson Starship. Which is awesome. What the fuck? It does kind so of. awesome. <laughs> also, do they ever consistently, like, nail down their, like, band logo? Or is it just... <laughs> No, constant change. Whatever fucking designer font thing they decide to go with that album for that time. Weirdly, their least popular album, the logo from that, seems to be the one I see the most. It's stuck the most? It's the yeah. classic logo. but The first that's one? Like the, yeah, the pink brush logo. The, the self-titled one? Yeah. 
Well, it's because the rest of them are all just like. It's just fun. Like, like yeah, like handwritten, stylized. like sloppy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Fucking dog, fire hydrant, and then somebody came up and wrote "rush" with ink. Like a brush. Like <laughs> it looks like somebody oh, had a stroke I, uh, and was Japanese, writing something. Like painting strokes. Yeah. I've been taking a Japanese class, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use that influence and write "rush." <laughs> Thanks, fucking whoever's playing that keyboard. Thanks, you fucking assholes. I'm sure. After signals, it gets rough, though, man. It gets God. really rough. I'm gonna say at signals, it gets fucking rough. Yeah, it's somewhere in yeah. there. This but there's is, no, stuff this I is, like on signals. So this is my favorite like, period of this band. Because anything after, to my opinion, is very tough <laughs> to get through. Yeah, I, after that, Robert's, it's like a, total, Robert's it's like a different band. Upset. He's like, you're all wrong. <laughs> Dude, the, Robert, this is the Robert best part of this out. band. Like, this is cool. when they, I feel like these guys had like finally arrived where they belong. Like, they're, they're like, they were confused about who they should be earlier on in their prog rock phrase. They're like, oh, yeah, we're doing this. And then they arrived in the 80s and they're like, oh, man, check us out doing our prog rocky sort of things, but also sort of liking. I don't know, maybe like David Bowie and also New Order and like I don't fucking care. And then they just like they do these like three or four albums and like the eighties is like transcendent for this band. This is the best moment for this band. Honestly. Like I I, I think of this band as goofy as hell earlier on and like they're like really try hard prog rock dudes, but they like really wanted to be like prog rock eighties bros. And they're like, do it here. And I just like power yeah. windows is I know it's two albums down, I'm not trying to skip, but like this is like the beginning of it being like, Boy. Oh my god, you guys are funny and silly and like goofy. This is like ironic music to me, I That's guess. It's true, it's kinda of perfect for them. I like it. 80s. This is my favorite part of Rush is right now. We hit Rush and I'm like Oh, you guys finally are making the 80s song that you've been making since 1975 really well. And they do it oh for a fucking three or the four albums. 80s, I'm sorry. I totally agree. Later 80s. I'm sorry. It's at least something I can't listen to. I'm, I'm, for me, it's like, like watered down versions of what they were kind of trying to do before. But now all of a sudden they've got these fucking... These synthesizer like, laser like sounds block, and shit. Block of seagulls, fucking uh, yeah, like just ridiculous, high pitched, stringy, weird synth sound, and and it's mostly just like backup chords to make it fill out like the ethereal space of the fucking song and give it a little more like yeah, punch and anthem. And I, I just normally, normally on this show, am I not the one that's like, yeah, so they pulled out the really bad synth sound and they made this misguided 80s sound for like two albums and I love it. And this band was the... I, the this this is the band that I didn't. This is the one. Podcast. We found it. I'm, I'm actually right with you. Like, I'm a cheese for a lot of 80s, 80s shit, but for some reason... They did not check those boxes with me, and I don't know why. Like, technically, they should have. Like, they had the things, but, like, I just, I don't know if it's a combination of lyrics or just all these other things, but it was just, it just felt so generic. Every album, even from the beginning, it felt like generic prog rock, and into the 80s, it felt like generic synth shit, and then, God, don't get me started. 80s arena rock hits. Uh, Yep, and then... By the 2000s, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll. Fucking, like, Grace, Grace Under Pressure, that shit seemed like it was almost like, 
like I, I thought they were trying to get me to go to a church. You know, I felt like it was a commercial <laughs> that that wanted me to go like I don't know, buy bread at a Christian bakery that just opened up down the street, like a like a fucking public access commercial or something like that, or hold music, like I was calling to set up an appointment and I got put on hold and they played Rush and I would have been like, Oh, this makes sense. This is hold music. <laughs> That's how I feel for like the next four albums. Yeah. I totally understand where you guys are coming from, but I really think I, I really do think they come into their own here. I really do think they like own. I think I feel like they own their nerdiness and their and their like cheese and they're like, oh man, like like most bands in the eighties that came from like being guitarists and drummers and bassists who are like, oh, we have to figure out how to use synthesizer sounds. It like do- it doesn't change that much for them. You guys, like, it does not change that much. No, for them. no, no. They no. still are doing like they they're still doing like maybe too long of a song, and you shouldn't be so awkward on a single. And like making like this fucking eighties pop song with synthesizers, and it's like, oh man, you guys are like really nerdy, and no one's your friend, and you're like your family doesn't love you, shit. And like you made this album, and that's why I really like it because it feels like it's just so honestly stupid. And which, I like which. Which which wait which album in particular are you speaking on? I right mean, now? Power Windows and the one before oh. it, and 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 Grace, Grace Under Pressure. Yeah, both of those Grace albums are like, uh. like make me feel feels. And I don't mean like like I'm I mean Hold Your Fire is trash, but like the middle eighties, the middle eighties, Grace Under <laughs> Grace Under Pressure and Power Windows are my favorite albums. I'm not gonna lie, I just uh, yeah. I really enjoyed I, mean, I really you, enjoyed man, those, those albums. Those were the heaviest eye rolls for me. Well, those are the heaviest in the sense of like, okay, you're still in this spot, but like, because we won't go into their, their later it stuff. It feels that, that, that's honest. Not even eye rolls. <laughs> it feels honest, though. It feels honest. Like, I what happens that. after I this just, shit is like dishonest I ass just, pandering bullshit. At but this, this point, feels I'd like still rather Rush have their rush early doing generic rush prog rock stuff, you know? Like, I think that's kind of where by the time they leave that like at least at least they had kind of that set and like 2112 like i remember at one point trying to like listen to that on shrooms with some friends and stuff and maybe we didn't have a laser show going on or whatever but like (laughs) even this time around listening to it i understood more of it than even back then but you know at least those hit those like like cheesy prog rocky things that maybe not be great, but I just I don't know, man. The, like the, I like could we, not do these ones. When you get to the eighties, I think what's what really makes it the funniest for me is that all of a sudden there's a difference between eighties bass production and seventies bass production. And there's a difference between eighties court like guitar like chorus pedals on guitars and how it sounds in the seventies. And Rush fucking loves chorus pedals. They fucking love that shit up and fucking down until they fucking die. And by the time you get to the 80s and they're putting that on there with Getty's fucking bass getting produced like a an 80s fucking pop radio single. But they're all five minute long songs. It just it's a fucking mess and it gets boring. It just gets so boring because these songs are too. It's like, like, why are they five minute long? Why do you need to? Because just because you're rushed, you needed to play this this radio eighties 
Hey, man, Anthem they're not doing 20-minute songs, but we're not doing, like, two-minute yeah. songs either, you know? Right? <laughs> so we're filling up both sides of this fucking record, no matter what. But how we get there, uh, we might need to stretch some things. I like that they really tried to, like, remake Tom Sawyer, like, for three or four more albums. In the same way that they, like, try to, you know, recreate Free Will or Working Man for three or four more albums. Like, I like that. And it, like, functionally works for this this period. Those two albums are, like, gems in their career. And you can fuck with Rush and say, fuck them, and then go to hell. But, like, seriously, I think that the... And some of the best things they've done because of what they are. Like, it's... I can't believe that you were into Power Windows. What is going on <laughs> on the cover of Power Windows? There's like, they, like Dude, a homeboy staring uh, at a window. Yeah, questions about that. There's TVs. Um, is he like? Is he using the window as a TV? Like, I I, I don't know. It, and again, he could the be logo a dentist, maybe. Why does a dentist have Power Windows? But they're not. That's just they're a just regular, regular windows. windows. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's fucking not even a That window looks like it's old as fuck. Yeah, that's no way that's power. That's what probably really hard. You got to like use both like hands, and you got to like plant your feet to open that shit, dude. I I will say this. Uh, at least, it's. I don't think it's good. I do not think it's good. But the big money, the opener track from Power Windows is kind of a standout it's track. Fire as fuck. Yeah. It's the only one that I think. Yeah, you know. It I is. think because you the... know it is. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I've been watching the Sonic the Hedgehog anime, and I told hey, somebody. Your... I told somebody at work that, and they were like, "That likes some anime." And they were like, "I don't really know much about that, but like." Just gotta go fast, right? And I was like, yeah, that's the theme song. And they were like, that's the theme song? That's why people say gotta go fast? And I was like, yeah, that's that's the thing. And they go, is it bad? And I went, oh, yeah. And they go, <laughs> well, it, it's fucking but it kind of slaps, anime. though. What do you think? <laughs> no, it's, it, no, it's 2000s. Oh, is it the 2000 ones? Because yeah. they make one Sonic X. Four? Oh, okay. But she was like, it's bad, right? And I was like, yeah, of course. She goes, but it slaps, though, right? Hooker's asses, hell yeah, it does. Same with the big money. The big money. So where do we go from here? Hold your fire. I'm just waiting for roll the bones. I don't know, man. It starts to bleed. I know you are. This is where it's a real. This is just boring. It is a slog. Like there's nothing. They're not trying to do anything new. They've already got their synthesizer thing down the fucking songs aren't quite there and it's not quite at the point where like music production has had a change or there's like they all have guy perms now in. yeah totally so that's just an an album there it is uh and then 1989 hits and i feel like they jump the gun they kind of get ahead of fucking alternative rock and they they kind of uh accept alternative rock a little early on for 1989 you know and they they make an album where you take a picture of some fake clouds and you put a fake <laughs> hill in front of it and then you cut some bunny rabbits out and you put the bunny rabbits in front of it and you did it on a computer and you told your friend to do that and they did that and it looked You're awesome like, no. it's behind the rabbit like presto like, is it behind the no it is the rabbit this shit gets bad this is Stokes. You wanted to cover Collective Soul. 
in a yeah. couple weeks. And we're doing that. Yes. I'm we're down, doing, man. I mean, the are there more than the, the two albums, though? Yeah, they got like seven. <laughs> yeah, they got what? Two. They kept making albums? Yeah, we'll focus. Oh. We'll, we'll really focus on the shitty album. But like we're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna listen to. This them. is when they jump the shark, dude. This is when it, yeah, it's like Collective Soul. It's like uh, which album is this? Presto. Presto. Oh, <laughs> the rabbits. The, the rabbits. Because we just skipped over whatever that one was about. Yeah, Hold your fire, or whatever. Fuck that. They're all. Don't even give a shit. This is. This does sound like hold music. This is like. You know, in recent years, when adult alternative rock music became like a, like within the past couple decades, like they started trying to sell alternative rock to older people that couldn't have like offensive music on, or maybe, uh, maybe you're on hold at the dentist again. Maybe that's, that's happening again. That's what this sounds like. That's what all of this fucking sounds like, but nineties and they're, they're a little early on it. That's all I'm saying. Ah, uh, okay, fine. I don't remember I don't remember if it's this album or the next one, but in this time period they ended up uh doing a tour with Primus and they ended up doing a tour with uh Pearl Jam and they picked up the influence apparently. And this this album's supposed to be more guitar driven and then the next one also. They like most of the albums are more guitar driven at this point. They dropped the fucking synths. Cool. Which is the synthesizers weren't cool anymore. Uh, I can hear this the is where I can hear, with the times, man. I can hear less in this one. I can hear less Claypool, like the even some of the delivery of of Getty's vocals and like what he's playing. Like this is where he starts being like, I can kind of let loose a little, huh? I can slap this bass and make a little fucking like funky pop, like bigger barrel. Sloppy bass, man. You think what it takes to sustain like as a band, like playing like. I mean, Rush played, like, big gigs until, like, the late, you know, 2000s or 2010s. Like, they obviously have, like, some business savvy about, like, staying... I mean, they became a legacy act, but they were, like, saying relevant into the 90s, I guess, to at least some audience of theirs. Which is, like... So, yeah, they're clearly paying attention to what's going on in music and adapting to it. But at this point, it's definitely coming off, like... Aww... Did yeah, the, po- well, did the popular old, guys from 20 years ago make a fucking record that sounds like a record now? Aww. So cute. They hey, made a couple songs go, like these songs, nap, though, like in their earlier records. They're like, we're like some like really like bass driven, almost metally tracks. I don't, I, I, I can't, I can't call it, recall it from the top of my head, but like they had some of those moments. And then like all these albums are like, oh man, have you guys heard Godsmack? Have you guys heard, uh, have you guys heard Primus? Like you say Primus and like, I, I don't get Primus from this. Like I do get Pearl it's Jam. It's in the bass player. Pearl Jam, fine. But like Pearl I'm Jam like it's sure. like it's like like they're like dancing in like almost new metal alt rock and then like grunge rock, but it's like in the worst way. The fucking Primus. Uh, yeah, but Pri- but not, but Primus yeah, but is Primus still interesting. Like Primus is actually an interesting band. no, they don't. They're not doing that in yeah. the, the the fucking guitar work. Is nothing like that. Like Primus, no. you think bass. You think a bass line. Yeah. And and yep. like there's like no, this is the, I don't tell me what the bass line is off of any of these fucking albums. Like from here right, on right. out. Uh, really this is what I this is my thing. Early on in, in Rush, 
when I listened to that bass playing, my first thought was like, oh my God, this is just as corny as fucking Paul McCartney. And I don't think Paul McCartney's a bad bass player. I think, I don't think that's a thing that it can be said. I think his bass lines are, are really solid, interesting, but, but they're like, they're simplistic to some degree. The idea behind them is simplistic and it's somewhat rudimentary. And I kind of felt that way about Getty's bass playing also, where it seems like, you know, you, you've, you've practiced the rudimentary what is expected pretty often and you can pull that off good for you you know that's good it's great fucking fantastic so in that point at this point what i am referring to when i say that i do hear a little bit of the less a delivery in the vocals but also in the bass is that um you get a little more funk quote unquote element it's not quite just like playing in like the major minor and that's more of a, a, a less thing. Like he pops the bass a little bit more instead of uh, doing like a walk up type of fill. He'll do like a, a pull off, like a slapped pull off type of thing, which would be more of a less Claypool type of move. That's what I'm referring. And it's all quick, you know, it's all quick little yeah. things. You got, you got a rush song. It's going on for, for three minutes. And then there's a fill that's like, and it's like, Oh, Hey, wait, bless. Was that less? Yeah. Did I hear a little bit Not of less? Not quite play? as poppy, but yeah, I, I, I see what you're getting at. They tra- They they had seven and eight minute long songs earlier in their career that like actually had movement. You know, like a prog rock song has an A B C D E A B C. You know, like there's like movement through and and progress through the song that makes you like feel like wow, we've experienced a lot of things, but, like, they just wrote six-minute A-B songs. A-B, 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 A-B songs. But they but they do go, like, like, like they'll, they'll like, change A and B. So it'll be, like, A part one, which is your the bass playing the straightforward, but the guitar's doing the quiet thing. And then there's A part two, where the guitar's doing it loud, and maybe the bass is playing, you know, they do that. Uh, As they sing out, like, coffee filter, coffee filter is the filter that I coffee. What what they sing is, roll the bones, roll the bones. Oh, God. That's one of the, like... To be or not to be, fucking... Man. Even the cover of the album, 1991. I uh, I never heard that song until I saw him. Okay. I've seen that live for the, you know be introduced to it like that there was a guy who was so into it next to me knew every word even knew the whole rap and i was rap. like how are you in that into this song and uh i've listened to it so many times it's and it's just a mess of a song because it's like <laughs> 10 different ideas that have nothing in common that are just stitched together it's like the most disjointed <laughs> confusing song ever written like there's absolutely nothing coherent in that song at all and then you know the the immortal lyrics. Why are we here? Because we're here. Is that in there? Oh my god! Yeah, that's the chorus. That's... Why are we here? Because we're here. Roll the bones. Oh, nice wow. rush songs. Why does it happen? Because it happens. Roll the bones. Dun dun dun. I'm gonna look up the lyrics to the rap real quick. Uh, Part I of it sounds like Stevie Ray Vaughan Crossfire, and then there's like. A rap, and it's just none of it makes any sense. I can't believe they fucking did a rap. I could not. Rap, he goes, at one point, he says, Kick some gluteus max. That part really gets me. Like, fuck. <sighs> he says, <clears throat> Get ready for this. I'm going to be talking for a minute. <sighs> oh, wait, wait. Where's my drink? I got to prepare. Yes. <clears throat> Hit your Getty Lee. 
Or your fly-by-night. I feel like it's the same vocal character that says subdivisions. <laughs> you know, what, yeah, whatever. it is. Yeah, I think it's, it's the like same this, guy. Uh, and it's almost just, it's just as creepy, too. Fucking. It must be. <clears throat> From Rush. Uh, the, the Rush song, Roll the Bones. The lyrics follow as, <clears throat> Jack, relax. Get busy with the facts. No zodiacs or almanacs. No maniacs in polyester slacks. Just the facts. Gonna kick some gluteus, Max. It's a parallax, you dig? You move around, the small gets big. It's a rig. It's action, reaction, random interaction. So who's afraid of a little abstraction? Can't get no satisfaction from the facts? You better run, homeboy. A facts of fact. <laughs> Shut the fuck from, from Gnome to Rome, boy. Well, you better run, homeboy. Hold on a second. <laughs> Who you calling, boy? What? What? Is that it? Loved it. it. Is that done? That's my favorite song. Roll the bones. And and they didn't win a fucking a laureate, like uh, a fucking poet laureate prize or anything for that? I, don't, like, I, I can't confirm or deny that, and I think like, we should just say they whoa. did. I'm sorry. That was just pure lyrical, like, perfection. Confirm or disconfirm, too. Yeah. <laughs> in the video and in concert, there's, there's a skeleton... Doing all the rapping. <laughs> oh. like, you think it's over and he comes back for another round. And like the synth comes in under him or something. It's like a 3D animated skeleton too, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yep, yep. And the, I love the cover of this album. It's all uh, dice. White dice on three. And then in R- Rush is written in black dice. Oh, Kind of like out. pixels. Yeah. And there's a kid walking in front of this wall of dice kicking a skull. That's probably the subdivision's vo- rap voice skull yeah. guy. Probably one of the same. Roll, roll the bones, dice but, also. Bones. But bones is like dominoes. Uh, well, maybe it's, is it dominoes or is it dice? I think it's both. I, I think I've I heard it could be both. Roll, roll the bones is definitely maybe playing in craps. Canada. Well, if maybe you're doing craps, yeah. But just playing Bones, period, I've always associated with uh, Dominoes. Yeah, up there, though, you know. They say like, cool. legit Dominoes, not like, <laughs> knock them over and make cool design shit. <laughs> not like some pizza delivery. No, no, like, you're doing a couple months in county and you gotta... Uh, well, mine was something. hanging out Mine was hanging out with uh, homies at the car wash on breaks, fucking drinking beers and shit, you know. So after this album, where they roll the, where they decide to roll the bones and not include an actual rapper in their fake rap, I think at w- one of these fucking, uh, one of these Wikipedia entries, I think it says that they referred to whoever wrote the lyrics as, uh, uh, hold on a second, roll the bones. Where's the rap? Where's the rap? Uh, Pert Neil Pert wrote a rap section in his lyrics. As a result of listening to, quote-unquote, the better rap writers like LL Cool J and Public Enemy. Oh. Uh, and they they considered getting a comedian to do it, and they considered getting an actual rapper to do it, and then they decided 
to have Getty Lee do it. And just slow his voice down. What? So is he so also good. the subdivision's skeleton? Probably. I'm just. So they're citing ladies love. Well, live. Ladies love cool James. Live, it's a backing cool James track. As a fucking thing for that, like, don't we? Oh my. Dude, you better run, homeboy. Better fucking wow. run. Um. They go from that to this counterparts album. That's. Theoretically, a concept album. Uh, uh, like the duality of man, basically, or, or like the relationship between the the female subconscious and the male conscious, sub the like conscious and the reverse of that, vice versa. The uh, anima animus. That's 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 uh, basically that's the only concept that they had going into this, and that they were going to include a super progressive radio track about their gay friend maybe who's a hero nobody's hero i don't the That's lyrics something too it's just so glaringly lyrics like, something it's like look i know a gay person <laughs> i think it's like he was a gay friend or something like, it's like that on the nose token gay friend right like I think it's about di- it's like uh, waterfalls where like the verses are about different people. Maybe they are. I couldn't yeah. quite figure that out. The only one that's obvious is that he has a gay friend and he goes to his parties and he's totally cool with being at those parties. So cool that he's got to write a song about it and tell you that he's totally cool with going to the gay guys party. Okay, just making sure you know. So okay. I got a friend, right? Did you guys know I have a gay friend? We hang out all the time. But the he's second hero. That's it. The second, the second verse is about a girl, and I don't know what's the deal. I couldn't figure out what the deal was. I thought with... she killed herself. Oh, oh, yeah. Does the gay that guy was all die? I could get. Well, I don't think so, but I don't know. That's I had awkward. to look into this too. I, I'm confused. It was a very generic song. Like that. This is definitely the point in which I'm like, is this a for like a, a progressive church? <laughs> Did you, make, did you make this for service? I don't Could get be. it. Oh my god! Well, you know, also, um, well, Neil, a few fun, fa- uh, well, fun and not so fun facts about Neil Pert is one that he used to ride, like insane, like bike riding, where he would like take a bike on tour and then just like get off and ride for like hundreds of miles between shows. Okay. But then also, I think it's like whole family was killed in like a car crash at some point in the 80s or 90s. Like his oh. wife and daughter or kids or motorbike or bicycle. He I'm rode a bicycle, and then his okay. family was just killed in a car accident, totally separate from his bicycle riding. Those are just two Neil Pert. The two only things I know about Neil Pert other than he plays drums and writes the lyrics. He rides bicycles. He oh. he was right. He would do like a hundred miles a day on bicycles and stuff. What the fuck? I'm chilling. Serious that. like serious bike dude. I mean, that's uh, that's probably why it was fucking. Uh, great at the drums. You know, you need, yeah, you need that to play those fucking pedals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's those thinking quads, about the man. lyrics. On, he's writing the lyrics in his head, writing about his gay friend, and <laughs> yeah, I think it's his pumping whole up his quads every bike ride. It hit, it's I, those I just, bass pedals. Like Neil Peart is John Wayne Gacy. I, I knew he was different <laughs> in his sexuality. Okay. I went to his parties as a straight minority. Okay. 
I never seemed, it never seemed a threat to my masculinity. He only introduced me to wider realities. That's beautiful. That like, that just, that just speaks like somebody that has been a fucking homophobic asshole for a long time and then finally got broke of it. Thanks. No, like, it sounds like a boomer. Thanks, cis boy. It sounds like a boomer. Sounds like a boomer. Hey, I got gay friends. I went to a gay party. Sounds like he went to a party and some people were gay. <laughs> like, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Fucking. And then he died. And as the years went by, we drifted apart. When I heard he was gone, I felt a shadow cross my heart. He's nobody's hero. Not, not the handsome actor who plays a hero's role. Hero. Not the glamour girl who'd love to sell her soul if anybody's buying. Nobody's hero. So what uh, Alice in Chains albums are we on, or Godsmack album are we on? Like, is this the four, like how far away? It's all of them. Yo, I listened to Dirt the other day for the first time in a long hey, time. Hey, I haven't good. heard them in a long. I haven't even heard the name Dirt in forever. I'm talking about Alice in Chains, Dirt, not the. How not the how actual, how like, what what, what album are we on in Dirt's the rest discography, dude? Like, is oh, it? Fuck, I don't know. I got so distracted. Facelift. What is it? Facelift. Is that the name of the what? That's the Alice in Chains album. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's like uh, a. I don't know what I don't know any EP. of the, like, the '90s or 2000s Rush albums other than. Are, hold on, hold on, I'll pick up again. I'm well. I just mean to say that, like, the, basically at this we're, point on, like they're all. We're at Test like, for Echo. We are getting to Test for Echo. Oh, neat. That's what we're at. Neat. Oh, the rock, the rock art album. The rock art. Cool. Oh, the rock. <laughs> neat. Yeah. Rock stacking. I think that's supposed to be the. Um, did you did you see that Darren Aronofsky Noah Aronofsky? <laughs> Noah did you see uh, Noah? But this is so much earlier than that. He loves Jesus, but like, couldn't this be Pi? I mean, like, just like really, it's really bad art. Yeah, at least drill your. Well, at least no, Pi did not skull, have rock right? monsters. Aren't all of his albums yeah, about he... Jesus, dude? I don't know. But I mean, Jews run the world. They're about so smoking pot. They're in everything, right? So. Pie still is relevant. Are you calling Jews rock monsters, dude? What is happening right now? No. We're not all golems or shapeshifters. <laughs> like golem? Yeah, like Are we going golem, back to Lord of the Rings not, now? No, is we're that not. We're Different golem. Rock monsters. It's a, like a, they make them out of clay. They put a soul in it somehow. I don't fucking know it. I don't get it. Jewish what kind magic. of podcast am I on right now? Uh, this is the Joe. Is this Rogan something experience? I shouldn't be associated with? <laughs> Do I need oh, to? Yeah. Madison Cawthorn's about... podcast about how he got. I the had no the idea airport. before. I, I thought this was just a show about <laughs> rock and roll. Let me just start talking about these airlines that are saying you don't have to wear masks anymore. What kind? Turns out, if you bring a Jewish rock monster with you, and that's a <laughs> rock a monster human soul in an AR-15. Rock monster. Rock monster. I thought this is a B, this is a B-52 podcast. That's cool. I like that. Oy vey. Oy vey, indeed. <laughs> Anyways, I don't think there was any songs worth talking. Oh, this this is the Dog Ears one, isn't it? This is the album with Dog Ears. Where where. The lyrics are about how dogs live seven years in one year. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we've got it wrong. And our one year should be like seven years, but the way we live oh, makes shit. it feel like one. Uh, damn, I think like, it's just because they, uh, 
because they have shorter lifespans. That's all that's about. (laughs) This. If we just all we have to do is kill ourselves at like thirteen or fifteen, and we we will. Same difference. We'll start getting there. This is one of his like lyrics popping out the womb already walking. Yeah, but they're not good lyrics. No, but they like they've overly simplified. Yeah, they stand out because it's just like he's like, I like pizza. Pizza's good because it's made of bread, 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 bread. I don't like it. You don't like it. Bread, bread, bread. And then like pizza. And that's the song. And like every song after that, like <laughs> it's it's seriously that way. Like like every single like if you heard a word in his song, that's the name of the song. You know, and they're like. Epic Angels, yeah. and like, oh, it's Epic Angels. Like, why is he talking about Epic Angels? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Insignificant. He was like, oh, I just rode epic in a car angels with my dad, and he's far, and it's life. Epic Angels. <laughs> epic car. Angels. And epic like, Angels. I'm hearing oh, I know. I always, to the tune of I, Reading Rainbow. It's incredible, I though. Get, I always like to call it out when they say the song name in the lyrics. It feels like that, like, that, uh, DiCaprio meme where he's like pointing. It's like, oh, he fucking said it. <laughs> yeah, he said it. There it is. But this is the point in which uh, Rush slows down finally, and and just releases live album after live album after live oh, album. Oh yeah, geez. Different Louise. stages cover. I need to. I just need to touch on that real. Do quick. I need what to hear Y Y Z Z Z Y Y Z? Do I? Y Y Z. Again, they uh, the the cover of different stages. That's got those those little like wooden. Oh, the fucking <laughs> I don't know what those thing. are called. You yeah, see them at like even... dent, like dentist office for the kids to play with. It's like yeah, sticks. the uh, the play thing. Like you stick them to like stick them together with the whatever. It's just fucking dumb. It's really dumb looking album cover. And then they get to vapor trails. We are. Oh, sh- whoa, 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 whoa. Them. This is that fucking so different stages was like a weird thing, right? Cause, that was a live album. Yeah, because there was that hiatus from Test oh, for yeah. Echo to Vapor Trails. And right, I right. do remember at this age, in like the early 2000s, people freaking out for the new Rush album. And I st- even back then, I didn't like comprehend. Is this when you like, saw them, Stokes? I saw them on the tour after the Vapor Trails tour, I guess, which was the 30th anniversary tour, which was cool because instead of playing stuff off a shitty new album, they just well, played, like, yeah. the highlights of... And, like, they played, like, a lot of, like, deep tracks and shit you wouldn't normally hear them play in, like, later years. Early, yeah. <laughs> like, they pretty- shit off of, like, hemispheres and stuff that you wouldn't normally hear. So that was pretty cool. But actually, like, around that time when that came out, Somebody got me a Rush t-shirt for Christmas because they knew I liked Rush, but they got me like the Vapor Trails t-shirt, and it was just like, fuck, I don't want to represent this album. <laughs> Vapor Trails sucks, but I couldn't be like, oh, fuck, the shirt sucks. Throw so I just had to wear a Vapor like, Trails shirt you. every once in a while. That's and I'd be like, look, I like the band. And it was ugly. See, it had like a shitty font, you know, from that album, and it just was so ugly. It was like just the kind of shirt I would never wear. And then, like, so tour good. dates to a tour I didn't go to. and But, yeah, the album sucks, too. <laughs> this, is, this is the point in which I was like, yo, I don't want to oh, listen to Dream Theater ever. I don't want to listen to Dream Theater. I don't want to. I don't like Bullshit. that, like, old old dudes with guitars trying to incorporate prog rock mm-hmm. and new metal 
Uh, like recent metal is what I'm saying when I say new metal, but I do also mean new metal because a lot of times that happened in an era where new metal was c- still considered like part of oh, that. It, like scene. it bled into everywhere, man. Everybody yeah. tried to pick that up at that time frame. And, and it's just like this weird, like overly proficient band, but they're like doing the corniest stuff that you possibly can. And I don't know. I just don't like the sound. I don't like the compression on the guitar. I don't know if it's the compression on the guitars. It's just the guitars of this era. When the, whenever anybody's like, I'm a proficient guitar player. It's like, why, why does it sound like shit then? Why the fuck do we care about a proficient guitar player whose name is Rush from 1975 that's doing fun? Like, at, in 2000 and whatever, or 1990 and whatever, we do, proficient means nothing. Like, dog, y'all are playing stupid-ass, boring music, and you're stealing from other musicians, and you're doing it really badly you have just like fallen so far off like this is embarrassing for this band it is so goofy it's like hey man like Alice in Chains Godsmack like I mean even like they're like dude, they're calling I back- love that you keep saying Godsmack dude I fucking dude, I, don't, I, just, is, I just well there was I feel like forever they want to be like no, no, no. they're like oh it's Middle yep. Eastern sounding and Godsmack's a cheesy but the problem fucking- is their, their singer doesn't hit the low notes so it's, it's like you, you get the Godsmack sound with a higher. Godsmack like, oh. is a phony ass band calling someone Fuck else's yeah, music back, and the yeah. fact that Rush is calling yeah. Godsmack. What my point being here is, it's so fucking cheesy I don't, I don't that think it's Rush like Rush is calling to Godsmack, dude. They're like they're like triple reference, dude. They're like so deep. It's like well, I think shitty. it's more like they're. I think it's more like they're like, hey, that band Tool and Godsmack was like sure. the band we want. We be. like Tool. Uh. I, I do need to, before we go, like, too much for, like, there's more live, live album after live album. I need to touch on the Rush in Rio cover also. Because, That's like, some I, shit, isn't it? Man, and, like, how many t-shirts did you see when you, when you uh, had that? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. There was just, like, all the, like, everywhere somehow. For some reason, I, I saw so many people wearing the Rush in Rio shirt with this purple dragon that has fruit on its head. Holding a a a drink that's made in half of a coconut with a straw sticking out of it and an umbrella. Hilarious. They're huge in Brazil too. Oh, how about that? And all over um South America apparently. I I've seen the D V D of the Russian Rio and uh there's all these kids holding like fucking oh, dude, power sure they... windows getting signed and shit. Like I'm sure they just line out of Rush young band, Rush though. fans. Remember that fucking video of uh, Nirvana down in fucking Brazil and shit? Like, I think they fucking throw down. Like, Metallica out, has a video dude. down yeah, there. Exactly like, people fucking show up to rock. Well, yeah, because if they Rio. don't trap, like, I guarantee you, most bands aren't doing a full tour right, it's your through the to country. See them. Yeah. So if they come to fucking Rio, dude, that is like all no hands, no holds bar. Fucking, we're going. So yeah. I would imagine any fucking great band that travels there is going to get just a fucking insane show. And any videos that I've seen from bands, that's pretty much what I've seen. So, that, did, that... Uh, did any of you get to listen to or have listened to the Feedback EP? It's it's covers. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I didn't get to it either because it was covers. I just, Rush I just doing covers? I sort of, of said I missed it. Oh, you know me, man. I love covers, so I, I listen to that thing all cover. the time. Uh, uh, hold on a second. I'll go back to it. I think it was like the birds and fucking. I was going to say like Godsmack, <laughs> and Tool. Yeah, Godsmack, Tool. 
Nirvana, uh, <laughs> Rush doing Come Blue, As You Are. Blue Cheer. You know, they, they didn't rape me. Okay, let's be real here. Rape me. <laughs> there's, and, two, there's two Buffalo Springfield songs on it. Hmm. There's a love okay. song. Oh, there's two Yardbird songs, too, so like that shit. Well, the Summertime Blues. The Roots. The shit oh they God. started out on, probably. Man, I hit that vape pen, and I am fucking dying over here. Uh, <coughs> I wonder if whiskey would help. Fucking. Okay. <laughs> so I only brought up the, the cover album because it's like the in-between thing before their next actual like studio release, which is Snakes and Arrows. <laughs> Is that the last mm. one? Mm-mm. No, it's the second to last one. We're almost second there. to last. <laughs> uh, this one includes the most instrumental tracks of any Russia album. It huh. sounds like uh, Steve Vai started a fucking uh, uh, jam band, and it sucks. <laughs> and it sucks. How about that? Cool any other comments? Man. Anybody? Um. Oh, the uh, album works. I've been terrible. like, if you really like 1996, mm. it's a fine album for you, and. They're like very derivative of that time period, so like enjoy it, you know. Hey, but the I snakes have arrows on the cover. I, I man. think it's it's, it's so one deep. of the easier ones to listen to of the era, <laughs> simply because there's some vocals on on like half of it at least. Yeah, I can um, see that. And I'm like, you know, they are skilled musicians. Hope the instrumental is like some like Irish track. It's like two minutes long. I was like, oh man, they went from being like, uh, like some weird grunge rock band, uh, confused derivative band to being this like, oh, here's this Irish track. It's two minutes long and it's called Hope. And like, uh, we're going to play this at a microbrewery <laughs> next week. That's what's happening. Are we still relevant? <laughs> are are we but, still relevant? But, <laughs> no. But then several know. years later, they were like, you know what? That Godsmack track we made before kind of slapped. Let's do a whole fucking album hey, of that, you guys. You know how they did that song about the snake and, like, the snake bite? Let's do I'm a fucking song about snake and arrows, dude. The artwork of Clockwork Angels is really funny. My yeah. <laughs> uh, it's called Clockwork Angels. That's the last album. We're there. We did it. We made it. Clockwork We're there. Angels. Oh, my gosh. That was... Even more of a slog listening, like talking about the it. The first song has three million listens, almost four million listens. <laughs> oh Damn. my gosh! But then it's like still like three, two, two, and like yeah. one point five. Like look, going down look, the list. Like that's crazy. not much more than is it worse than three eleven though? Okay, like we're getting there, guys. It's like <laughs> nothing. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go cry myself to death. That's what's gonna happen right now. Where's my wish? Rush isn't worse than three eleven. Give a fuck about this. Rush isn't worse than three eleven. Rush is not worse than three eleven. No, they are hella not Mm -hmm. worse than three eleven. Yep. What about their album covers? But they are really really good prog rocky. Three eleven music versus Rush's worst album cover. Uh, mm. That might be one of the worst album covers ever, too. I'm, oh, the like the the clock, the dude, the dude in the hoodie or whatever. What dude in the hoodie? It's like whole. Or it's like a painting of a guy or something. Where? Which one? The Three Eleven album. Oh, oh that was the okay. music one. No, I, music, I don't mind that. Called... You hate that? 
I don't love it, I, but I don't. From mind memory, it. it's pretty goofy. Like I just it remember is. seeing that. Like, what the fuck is this? This is their album. This is one of their album covers. Uh, you know, to me, honest, like, like or what that, the alien logo that's versus bad. the pink rush logo. Oh yeah, that one's terrible. The pink rush logo is dope. The the one with the that chairs is really good. That's my cover. favorite the chairs, one. The chairs, oh. like the like. Oh, it's the Buddha. You know, like that's the three eleven album. That's the one. Yes. The chairs. It's yeah. just like oh, too yeah, many chairs, chairs in, in like next to blue too sky. Like, oh, you guys are smart. Three eleven. Now I gotta look up three eleven album covers. Best band Dude, ever. The uh, the pink rush the pink rush logo is probably my favorite. It fits more of like what I think of Rush. Even after listening to their entire discography, what I still think of Rush, I think, is that nice little sliver of uh, of time. Do I like them like that? No, you know but that's that's where they're at in my brain. That's where I was in college. There was one day I saw oh, I kept seeing like young women wearing the a shirt with the pink Rush logo on it. I'm like, that is really weird. Like, I just Dude. can't believe why all these young women listen to well, Rush. There's a thing and then I realized there's a thing in uh, fraternities and sororities called yep. Rushing or Rush something. That's oh, uh, re- Rush. It was related it's- to that. It's just rush it's, when you when you're trying to find a frat or. A they were rushing. Yeah. It was rush time, and so they wore these rush shirts to be <laughs> cheeky and not because they liked the band. Actually, well, that's at least so that better. made a lot more sense. That's better than the story I had when I worked at Spencer's Gifts, and this chick came in and she was wearing like actually one of the better Nirvana shirts that I've seen. Uh, it was just pretty simple, but it was. Um, it wasn't the stupid smiley or anything. I forget exactly what it was, but it was one you don't see very often. And I was like, "Oh, that was a that's a not bad Nirvana shirt." And she's like, basically, it came down to at the point that she thought Nirvana was a brand. It was a clothing <laughs> brand. Fair. So to nice. her, it being a band was like, "Oh, well, that's interesting." And I was like. It is. I, I well, it basically I, are now. I was gonna say I can't uh, argue most with bands it. are clothing brands, really. Well, Grateful well, yeah. Dead, for example. At that point now, brand. yeah. Grateful Dead, Led Zeppelin, Nirvana, Sublime. They're all just. Hey, yeah, get Nirvana shirts at Target. That would. I mean, God, when I was a kid, I would have killed to get a Nirvana shirt at Target. I guess that, we didn't yeah. have Target, but it was so hard to get shit like that when I was first into music. A long, long time ago, with the uh, Grateful long, Dead long shirt that I had. I, I still miss this shirt. I, Stokes, you might remember the. It was just a brown shirt with the fucking American Beauty logo on it. Or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Like the and, album cover. Yeah, and I. Uh, but it was the circle. It was just the circle. Like yeah. maybe maybe it had the skeleton in it. Maybe it was. A, but it was a brown shirt, and I just remember like I I was like, oh yeah, a fucking brown Grateful Dread Dead shirt. All right, cool. I found it at a fucking Coles. Whoa. That was like 2001 or something, you know, like 2002. It was like, what the fuck is this doing? Like, that's how long that the commercialization of that shit's been going on. Yeah. It's just when that was kind of starting, you'd see that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Well, the Dead were one of the big ones. I think stuff. the Dead, Pink Floyd, um, Hendrix. Uh, Hendrix, for sure. I mean, sure. the Dead thing started in the 90s. ACDC. You had to order it from catalogs and stuff, you know, initially. Right. And then, like, at the 2000s, it crossed over. Like Anyhow, all... I think we've almost done two hours here. I don't want to drag we're done. to a t-shirt. We're, we're done. Yeah, I know. So, uh, we're, 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 it, we're at the tail end. For sure. Is it worse than 90s bands t-shirts 
ordered through the mail in the early 2000s, no. So. Uh, well, as long as they didn't put you in that fucking thing where you owed a shit ton of money. <laughs> like the website. BM- yeah, the BMG music or whatever. Yeah. Who thinks this band uh, is worse than 311? That's what I want to know. Not I. Maybe a 311 fan. We yeah, find a 311 a lot of people probably think that. Yeah, if you like 311, you probably think Rush is a lot worse. I, I honestly, I I bet 311 uh, cites Rush to some. I was yeah, like, like, like I wouldn't doubt yeah. there's some kind of influence for them. Yeah, They're like kind of proggy. We can get away. So, with anyways, uh, next week we're gonna be talking about Sepultura. Whoa, Sepultura. Yeah, you're not gonna be here for that one though, are you? Fucking, uh, I don't think so, but I'll, I'll add that anecdote. I think it was Sean or somebody said when they changed singers, they started calling them Sepultura. That's Sepultra. funny. That's really funny. So you can use. I'm that not gonna name. get that out of my head now. God damn it! It's like. <laughs> What's his name? The name of this band? Snake O'Clergler. Sepultura. Sepultura. Hammer Hermskin. Sepultura. I don't even know what band you're talking about, but that's cool. Okay. It's cool. It's the band with the, the, the cool S that's not the cool S. It's all the um, drums. Right, not the 90s cool yeah, S, but, but a different 90s cool S that was part of the band, not just the generic 90s cool S. Fantastic. So that's next week. Next week, that's that. Monday, next week. Tune in, everybody. Uh, we got a website still that we haven't touched. Don't care. Whatever. I'm uh, currently blocked from Twitter from some, telling somebody to eat dicks and choke. So, uh, give it a couple days. I'll be back on Twitter. But you can look at the Trash Pit City Twitter. I'm on there. And uh, Perry's on Twitter on, on the uh, whatever, Hatter, H-A-D-E-R-W-T, baby. There's some, you can get some trash bugs, too. Stokes is holding up some trash bugs. One of a kind paintings right now. That's on Trash Pit City stuff. But you should also look at the isitworsethan.com. And you should also take a running fucking go fucking uh fuck off don't give a shit bye shut up good night idiots Me, 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 me